Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. And we are either days away when you're listening to this or days after uh, the Chicago Nerd Comedy Festival. I- I'm sure, sure you've heard of us maybe mentioned it on a previous episode or two, talking about, hey, it's free, it's Thursday night, 7 p.m. Central, first ever Resnaculous, Snack Along, all that good stuff. You'll never have to hear me mention that on the show again. Why? Because it either already happened or it's going to happen after this. So, you know, time is, is weird, I guess. Anyway, hope you can join us. It'll be a fun time. There are lots of good acts over there besides us. But you absolutely want to come and listen to your old pals, Lex and Matt. So, yeah, anyway. And it's a free show. Oh, yeah, I forgot that part. Free, yes. Just just show up. Just come in, take your shoes off, you know, foot odor permitting, and just have a seat and, and laugh along with us. It's a good time. So, yeah, we got a lot to talk about this week. Yeah, we do. Uh, looking at what, what should we get started with? I mean... The biggest story is the continuation of Benefer. All right. Well, okay. We got to get into that first because I know, based on the Discord chatter, everybody wants to know what's going on with Benefer. So what's what's the deal? What's the scoop? So Benefer have been photographed together coming back from a vacation. Oh, like, yeah. it's it's on. And you sent me the article about the vacation. I was basically like, okay, this is rumors until I hear... That they, or I see pictures. Mm -hmm. That's what I, like, that's the confirmation I needed. And they have the pictures. That's right, they do. Um, TMZ has a story now saying that uh, they started talking again back in, um, uh, it says the romance didn't rekindle within the last two weeks. It's been building since February. Wow. So I guess he started emailing her, uh, which she was still with A-Rod at the time, but it seems like they were friends. Like, that that's kind of the story here, and then it, it reconnected in a bigger way. They've said that they've always been, like, together. Mm-hmm. Or, not together, uh, friends. So, yeah, I... I don't know. There were the rumors that A-Rod cheated, and that's why they broke up. But now it's like, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, everything's so, like, murky with this story. It's hard to say what's going on. But what we do know for sure is that it's definitely on because they went on a week-long vacation or or something like that together. Uh, Right. which, Which encapsulated Mother's Day and something that I was bringing up, it's like we were all jazzed because, you know, we, we, we are firmly in the Ben Affleck's a good guy camp, you know, and he basically tweeted, not tweeted, he Instagrammed something out about um, Jennifer Garner being a great mom to his kids mm-hmm. and everything like that, which is, right. it's, it's still it's still very possible to be true, and I'm sure it is true, you know, I'm not dissuading that at all. It's just odd to think about his location while he was actually posting it up on Instagram. He was really, on, on holiday. Yeah, I get. I mean, they've been divorced for several years now, though. So yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. Like you, you think about um, you know the the idea of someone going back to their ex. You know, forget about forget about it being like Ben Affleck or something, right? Like you think somebody would be inclined to work on a relationship uh, if there are kids involved, you know? So I would think yeah. that he would want to go back and rekindle something with Jennifer Garner, but, you know, I don't I mean, know the situation. I don't know. She probably doesn't want to put up with the bullshit, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she saw him at his rawest. I mean, yeah, he was with her when he went into rehab, I believe. So. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So yeah, he's... I think he was with J Lo too. Though I, I think he, I mean he's, I think he's been multiple times. Mm, okay. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I want to say he's he's dealt with that a lot. 
Uh, but when he really, really got clean, yeah, he was with Jennifer Garner. Right, right. So it's an interesting maneuver um, on both of their part. Um, they've both matured quite a bit since then, I'm sure. They've obviously both had various relationships since they dated. Um, I are, Do we see a Jersey Girl 2 in our future? I don't know. Hopefully not. But, I uh, love Jersey Girl. I you did? Like legitimately? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I legitimately love that movie. I never heard I, I I never heard anything but like bad reviews for it, so I never watched it. I don't. I mean, I don't know why it was. I mean, I know why because it's not a Kevin Smith style movie. It's completely different. I think that's why it works for me. Yeah. Like he he basically went and did a different type of genre of movie, and it was really good in my opinion. Okay. Okay. And it brought Liv Tyler and Ben <clears throat> Affleck on screen together again, and they have such great chemistry. So, yeah. You know, whether it be working on their rocky relationship or going to blow up a giant <laughs> rock in outer space, they have yeah. great chemistry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. They're they're a really good on-screen couple. I, yeah. That's a good. I, I think you should visit that movie. I really do think people should go watch it. Like, it's good. Okay, okay. I'll have to give it a look. Yeah. Um, I was sharing with you uh, and the rest of the Discord that I, I recently got the anniversary version of the uh, the Mallrats Blu-ray, mm-hmm. which has been like completely remastered. They redid the audio, all with Kevin Smith's blessing, all with his watchful eye over the whole project. You know, um, in times past, he's talked about how he thought he really laid a goose egg with Mallrats. But, you know, they were just being extra critical of him, and he bought into that criticism, and he's grown to love the movie in the years since. So this is now a a Kevin Smith who feels more confident about the film coming back to shine it up the way that he wanted to. So this is something I'm looking forward to watching. I haven't cracked it open yet, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, I want to watch that. I think that sounds really interesting to see that uh, remaster of it. So, so that's, I mean, this Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez story is crazy. I did not think it would escalate this quickly. Yeah. I kind of thought this would be a rumor and then it would fizzle out, whatever. Like, but now they're going on vacations together. It's crazy. I mean, this is, this is very reminiscent of, you know, what we talked about for the past two weeks here, I guess. The Jenny from the Block video. They just cannot avoid getting photographed with with one another. Right. It's just something about these two as a couple just brings out the teeth when it comes to the paparazzi. I, I mean, yeah. for, for the instance, we're, we're reading this on TMZ. I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care. It's just, like, intriguing to an extent that... They just go nuts for these two being a couple. Like, why them in particular? I don't know. I mean, I can see now, like, it's because it's nostalgia at the same time. But Uh, I don't know why it was such a big thing before. Yeah, yeah. I guess it would be kind of like, not not to as great an extent, obviously, but if for some odd reason... um, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake got back together or something like that. Yeah. They were just a beloved yeah. couple. Everybody loved them. I feel like it's I, I feel like it's more of a um a Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston situation. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I could see that too. Around the same time period, everybody loved them together. I think J Lo and Ben Affleck were engaged too. I'm not 100, percent but I, I think, think they so. were. I think you're right. You know, and I can't see this same reaction uh, taking place if Jennifer Lopez got together with Sean Combs or something like that. I couldn't see no, the no. reaction being even close to this. So, yeah, it's like lightning in a bottle. I'm more interested in the story based on how like the media is reacting to the story. You know. Right, right. It has been a lot. Like, I'd imagine that they will not last long just from that alone. Man, I really hope that doesn't do it. You know, you you mentioned something to me, too, which was the reason why uh, J-Lo felt 
that her and Affleck were pushed apart in the first place was because of the the, the racist comments that she was getting uh, in in the media that kind of drove them apart. So that really sucks, and I I hope that yeah, just as 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 human beings as as the media you know in quotes I hope that we've matured enough to know better than that. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I want to say things will probably get better just because there's a cultural shift. But yeah, uh, people are still racist as fuck. They are. But that yeah. cultural shift is coming into play with, with uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, though. So, True. You know, we, we see people being corrected when they start sniping at these two. So hopefully some of that it's, common sense yeah. leaks over, you know? It's weird how in a very short period of time, a lot of things have, have shifted. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cause it's, it's relatively not that much long, like not that long ago that they were together. Right. Right. And you know, it's, it's unfortunate that celebrity couples almost act as a metric to what's going on in the world at large. It may seem minuscule, in the grand scheme of things, and it's easy to, you know, just brush it away like, oh, yeah, this doesn't matter, uh, you know, in, in the public dialogue. But you look at this and, and you think about the, the racism that this couple and Meghan and Harry are encountering. And then you think about the, mm-hmm. the, the discussions about uh, Jim Crow era-esque laws that are happening right now. And, of course, just the, the, the national conversation at large talking about racism and that sort of thing. It, it's it's putting a lot on the back of this, I know, and I don't mean to say that you know one affects the other uh, in any sort in any sort of tangible way, but it is interesting to see the parallels there. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, a similar story related to this was you know Ben Affleck we talked about last week because he was exposed as being on Raya. Yeah. Then Matthew Perry had the same thing happen. Okay. Um, and it was with a a 19 year old woman. Not okay. Uh, <laughs> and she's gotten a lot of like publicity for this, and then a lot of interviews, and and kind of like bad mouthing Perry. In the in the sense of like I'm so much younger. Like I read some quotes by her, and it's like, <sighs> okay. Yeah. I mean, you set you set. She basically either set him up for, like, like she she changed her settings in hopes that she would get someone older so she could do something like this, or I, I don't know, like, or she just had her settings that high and then decided to jump onto this trend mm-hmm. because uh, of the Ben Affleck thing. But she's trying to turn it into a like a. I did this because these older men are abusing younger women or whatever. Like it's bullshit. I'm sorry. I think it's bullshit. I think okay. it's stupid that she set him up. I think it's stupid that it's a story. I mean, I wouldn't make that call, but like she specifically changed the settings <clears throat> of the app to get a guy that much older. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's devious. It is devious. Yeah. Um, it's it's again it's a it's a larger discussion almost than than this particular matter at hand. We want to talk about the predatory nature of a lot of men in Hollywood versus the consensual agreement going into uh, an environment like a dating app when you absolutely match with one another. It I can I can almost see where she's coming from with what she was trying to accomplish. But it wasn't like she was busting up in a legal, you know, sex situation with an underage person versus yeah, an older... Yeah, he also didn't say anything inappropriate, like, nothing. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't doing a um, to-catch-a-predator sort of thing, you know? No. These are legally two consenting people going into an agreement that they're going to start talking to one another, you know, either one can disengage at any time. And Matthew Perry in this scenario was strung along thinking that someone was equally yeah. interested in him. And yeah, it, it just, it really seems devious on her. And unfortunately it, it's going to make people 
uh, it's going to cause people to have pause when something does come up and, you know, the, the younger person is being taken advantage of. Right, right. It takes away from real stories of abuse and issues. Yeah, yeah. This is a lot um, different and if, than. I mean, if he had said if he had been harassing her in some way, yeah, right. sure. Like, like even no, if even if wasn't. this was exactly the situation with Ben Affleck, you know, where he, Matthew Perry then uh, unmatched her and then went to find her on Instagram or something, right. that would be reason to like you know say hey, yeah, that's pretty fucked up, you know, especially if there's some some hesitation on one end. But yeah, this is not. This is not a catcalling situation. This is a mutual thing, and she's trying to, as the kids say, clap chase off of this a little bit. Right, uh, for sure. Mm. I I don't I don't trust her her motives, and I hate that it was a story too. It's kind of died down now, but it's like eh, I don't think Matthew Perry deserved that. No, no, it sucks for him. I mean, preferences aside, you know, you and I have discussed that. Like, there's a certain um, you know, uh, I, I almost want to say like a rubber band of, of of range of someone that you would consider as a suitor, you know? <laughs> and yeah, yeah, 19 versus whatever the fuck Matthew Perry is. I want to say 70. Uh, 56. I think. Okay, that's close enough. Uh, Something like that. Yeah, you know, it's around the range. That's just a, that's that's a bit much for me. That's a bit much for me. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I agree, but whatever, like. They were on a dating app and everything was legal. So exactly, he like knew the rules it becomes so personal. She. It becomes personal preference at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, this is one of those situations where, yeah, the, he was not in the wrong. You know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, the last of celebrity, I guess, celebrity dating <laughs> dating news. Did you see the cat? De- Do you happen to follow Cat Dennings on Instagram? I don't follow Cat Dennings on Instagram. I, okay. I was really looking forward to you talking about this. Fill me in. What's going on here? Did you? Can you? Okay. I first of all, I think you should go look up Cat Dennings' Instagram right now because okay. I guess she's dating Andrew WK, <laughs> who. Was married. Yes. Um, and somehow quietly got divorced or something along, separated something along those lines, and is now dating Kat Dennings. But the way oh. that they're posting about each other and everything makes me feel like it's fake, and they're doing something to promote his album because it seemed to come just out of the blue. And then yeah. she has in her stories like <laughs> shared his music stuff. <laughs> First of all, I haven't seen Andrew WK in a little while, and it looks like he has cleaned up a little bit. A little bit, yeah. I am, I am impressed. Like, first of all, yeah, the white t-shirt, jacked. yeah, the white, the dirty white t-shirt and, and white jeans are gone. Now he's wearing all yeah. black, so he's he's reached the black era of his career, I guess. He still looks like he's a uh, a holdover from uh, the metalheads of like the the late eighties. Because right, he's got right, the long right. hair. He's got he's got a Casio digital watch on, which I'm sure is very expensive, but looks like a relic, you know. Uh, I'm I wouldn't. I mean, are there expensive Casio watches? It might just be a cheap one. Oh yeah, for sure. That and um, oh my goodness, that G-Shock technology or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. Those watches are oddly um, expensive. Like I'm looking at one right. now for 120 bucks. <laughs> okay, that's a bit. That's a that's, that's, that's a little that's a little nugget. Um, so like this just happened <clears throat> randomly. She was she posted about him for the first time April 29th. Okay. okay. And then like they're just like together now and all over each other, and I don't know like. She's she's promoting his tour and everything like that. So they're yeah. either really, really into each other, which is perfectly possible. Or I don't know. I was thinking maybe it was like a publicity thing for a second. Maybe that's me being a bitter bitch. I don't know. Holy I don't shit. Know. My dude is ripped as fuck. Like if you go to his page. Right. There's a, there's a picture she took of him. 
where he's basically naked, you know, but she, of course, cut out the naughty bits and everything. But, yeah, he's he's out there and proud about it. Yeah. He's yeah. Oh, yeah, I see it. Okay. Yeah. So they're like super into each other, I guess. I don't know. Oh, and he's tagged Cat Dennings where his penis is. Nice. All right. They're a thing. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's why it seems fake to me. It seems too obvious. It, it, it seems... <laughs> it seems like, you know, they're going to reveal that she's in the music video for him or something like that. Yeah, 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 I can totally see that. But and, I don't... Andrew W.K., I like his energy. I know he's a weirdo, but I like his weird energy, man. And she's weird, too. I mean, the pairing does make sense to me. Yeah. There was a a, a pizza, some type of pizza celebration that he hosted in Chicago a couple of years ago. And he just gave this very passionate speech about how, like, his whole life revolves around pizza. And it's very important to him. And, yeah, he's, he's just... He's an intense dude. Right. And his music's so I good. just, I just, <laughs> it, it's something about it just didn't sit right with me. I don't you know should. why. Yeah, yeah, it seems, it seems too perfect because these two quirky people getting together seems like something that'd be the plot of a TV show or a music video, yeah. Right, and if there's like the weird thing about how he was married, what happened with his wife... It all happened happened very, uh, like, Kat Dennings follows his wife on Instagram. Yeah, I don't know. They follow each other. Like, I I, I don't know. I'm just like, this this seems weird to me. It does feel weird. But I I guess nothing will ever be as strange to me as the relationship between The Rock and his ex-wife. His first ex-wife. Because, all right, so The Rock... Dwayne Johnson and and his first wife, Danny Garcia, in his first autobiography, which I read because I, you know, wrestling, um, they talk about how they're going to be in love forever. They've got a kid together. She's his manager, that sort of thing. Anyway, time has gone on, obviously. They got divorced. She's still his manager. She is now married to his trainer. Okay. And they have a production company together. and That is weird. It's I such agree. an odd thing. And The Rock never seems bitter about it. They go to red carpets together all the time. He's remarried. He's got two additional kids now, little girls. Right. Yeah, no animosity. Everything's gravy. Everything is picture perfect from the outside looking in. So, I mean, it's a level of maturity I don't think a lot of people can reach in their lives. You know, I know that... If I got in a situation like that, absolutely, I am not going to continue to let my ex manage my career because that would be really awkward. Somehow he pulls it off. Uh, yeah, I'm not good at. I'm not good at continuing to be. I mean, I guess I've never reached the point of like being married to someone for so many years and then amicable split. Yeah. But I, I'm. I mean, usually when I'm with someone I'm, I'm pretty well in it and I'm very into them. Uh, if I've reached that point, mm-hmm. so I'm not, I'm not even though I'm not, I'm not the one breaking up. I'm, you know, like that's not usually what happens is usually they break up with me. Yeah. So like to, to imagine ha- continuing, I, I, I'm not able to be friends with someone like, like in a quote unquote ex, you know, because I've I've always been like I can't do it. It's just emotionally like it it destroys me. I hear really. that, and I know you. I know you put the love first in a relationship. You put the the feelings first in a relationship. Everything else is second. A lot of people don't do it that way. A lot of people, no. it's like you know, it's about me. If you want to come along for this ride, that's fine. But I'm yeah. trying to get here in my journey in my life. So yeah, if you want to come with, cool. So, I mean, yeah, pretty much. That's how that's how everyone everyone does it. So I'm I'm kind of odd person out. I'm like, oh, I actually want, you know, 
a uh, a real like a real connection and that you know that partner actual partnership yeah uh and everyone else is kind of like oh whatever so yeah i guess if you're both like uh whatever like yeah sure you can split but i i guess i can't i mean i get you and i'm like i said exact same thing for me like it would be just odd like if god forbid something happens between d and i Snackulous is over, guys. I don't know how to tell you this, but uh, (laughs) I can't do it without her. So, yeah, that's it. That's done. Um, Right. Yeah. Thankfully, I didn't hang my hat on anything that I wasn't 100% on early in my podcasting career because that that would suck. But here we are. Right. Thankful for what's going on. yeah, man, it's just so interesting. Kat Dennings and Andrew WK, what a couple! It's a weird pairing. Yeah. Um, but I get it. Like I said, I get it, and I and I can believe that they're together genuinely. But I also I'm like, this is just weird. I guess it's weird for celebrity to be doing it. Two celebrities to be doing it. Yeah. Usually with something like this, if they're posting things on this level, they've been together for years and they're married and everything. It's like a funny thing right um not i don't know it's kind of off i don't know much about kat dennings but it seems like she doesn't really she's not really out loud about her life that much you know she's just kind of no. a basic hollywood type person no i think if she does share i mean she's very funny like she will share things on instagram and twitter and whatnot like I, you know so she will share things, but she has her privacy as well. That's another. Yeah, I agree. There's a surprising element to it because she dated. Um, I think she dated Josh Groban for a really long time, too. Oh, really? <laughs> it seems like yeah. Josh Groban has dated everybody. I don't know. It just seems like if you tell me any the voice, anybody in Hollywood, if you tell me, yeah, she's dated Josh Groban before. I'll buy it. Sure. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes sense. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so there was a there was an interesting because since we're talking about celebrity relationships and and famous relationships, there is one more thing here. Okay. That I I thought was interesting. We talked about um, Bill and Melinda Gates splitting, correct? Like we did kind of touch on that. I think so. Yeah, I think we did touch I on it. So. I I know we discussed it personally but sometimes i forget whether we just were like oh this happened oh okay or whether we talked about it on the show they're divorcing everyone knows that by now um so apparently uh melinda gates first met with divorce lawyers at in october of 2019 wow which is when um the wall street or i'm sorry this is the wall street journal wall street journal reporting Mm-hmm. Um, and they reported that Melinda Gates was concerned about her husband's relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Well, first of all, let's 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 put a pin on it right there. That's fucked up, you know. That yeah, um, the Wall Street Journal has that much access to your life that they know. Well, if it's if it's public record, yeah. Like if you start filing stuff, there's there's transparency within public record. I also want to point out how amazing it is that some people in Hollywood, some people who are celebrities, they get a divorce. TMZ picks it up. Maybe E, you know, maybe maybe some other entertainment outlet. Bill Gates and Melinda Gates get divorced and it goes to Wall Street Journal. That's that's how big a deal that is. Right. Because financially, they're so intertwined in like our world economy at this point. Yeah, it's going to be the so many businesses rely on them. Right. It'll probably be the second most expensive divorce of all time after Bezos and his wife, his ex-wife. Yeah. I read that um, their kids, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates' kids, are only getting $10 million each. Okay. Okay. Well. Settlement. Poor, poor children. <laughs> Something tells me they're going to be all right. You know, I think they'll be yeah. okay. <laughs> they're going to starve. Oh, it's such a tragedy. <sighs> Such yeah. a fucking tragedy. So, Bill Gates, his his association with Jeffrey Epstein, what do we know about that? Because okay. honestly, in the mix of everything, 
in the in the Jeffrey Epstein kerfuffle, the two biggest targets that we've seen over the past year have been, of course, Donald Trump and yep. Bill Clinton. Because you know the tit for tat thing, you gotta you gotta checkmate. So Bill, Gla- Bill Gates um, apparently met with Epstein as far back as 2013, or I'm sorry, 2011, uh-huh. and they had several several meetings. Um, what we know about this is Melinda Gates apparently had concerns about Epstein as far back as 2013. Damn, damn. Okay. Um, and then in an interview, it sounds like this was like an open secret too within like uh, these rich circles. In yeah. an interview with the journal, um, in 2019, uh, Bill Gates said that he, he says, I did not have any business relationship or friendship with him, uh-huh. meaning Epstein. So he was like going with him for philanthropic networking, which I will say, like, you, you can believe that. Like, still needs to be investigated and made sure, like, nothing sketchy actually happened. But they're going to meet a lot of people when you're very rich and connected. So we can't assume that every single person who met with, like, Jeffrey Epstein was knowledgeable. Or involved with any of this stuff. Right. You might have um, just been like, hey, I want to raise money for my my thing. I know you're a wealthy person. You know, they're hitting everyone up. Yeah. There there are a lot of sketchy individuals that you'll you'll do business with if you are a fucking uh billionaire. Once you reach yeah. that level, right. yeah, you, you you will not rub elbows with good people. Once you reach a certain uh, tax bracket, that's just 100% the truth. There's no way. No matter the philanthropic the, uh, philanthropic endeavors mm-hmm. that you have, to me, a, a lot of times with folks that get that wealthy, it always feels like they're trying to ease their conscience a little bit. Not saying they've done anything nefarious, but it's right. like they realize, too, like there's no way I'm this rich. And I and my hands are clean. There's no way. Yeah, being that rich, there's something there's something off about it. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know what the exact number is for being too rich, but like <laughs> I feel like it's probably when you get over like 50 million, yeah. like you're getting into the you're getting too rich. <laughs> yeah, then it's like all right, you've you've been hoarding quite a bit of cash here. You've been uh, right. hobnobbing with some unsavory individuals, you know, and it, it sucks that that's the metric. But, you know, when it when it comes to, uh, you know, just holding bags and garnering bags, that's that's how it is, unfortunately. So normally what I would what I would say in a situation like this is like, oh, he's been photographed with this guy. All right. He took a few business meetings with this guy. Maybe he didn't know about all the other shit going on, but based on the fact that Melinda wants to leave Bill over this, number one, and number two, that she had concerns all the way back in 2013 about this, that gives it some credence, mm-hmm. you know, like what? Yeah, absolutely. what's really going on here that she felt like him associating with this guy was enough for, for her to want to like go, all right, we're done. Right. Maybe when she had some she had some instincts about him, but, but like she wasn't 100 percent sure. And then when the allegations and his arrest was made, like and it, we knew exactly what was going on with him. And it might have been worse than she ever thought. Yeah. She was like, nope, fuck this. I'm done. And none like, of us want to you associate with someone. like that? Yeah. None of us want to believe that about the people that we love, especially no. if, if our spouse is a parent, a co-parent to our children. We don't want to believe that, obviously, you know. And it's possible that she wanted to stick around for appearance sake because their foundation does so much good in this world. Yeah. And this is the downside now. All of that is going to be overshadowed by his association with this pedophile. Everything is just basically going to be a footnote compared to the fact that one of the world's richest men was associating with this guy. Known you know, liberal right. is associating with this pedophile. So right. it's, it's fucked up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, agree. all the other stories we talked about tonight, you know, they were fun. They, 
they were interesting. They they had their ups and downs. This is this is some scary shit. This one in particular. Agree. Uh, what what do you mean in like? I mean just exactly. the the relation to the to the Epstein situation. Yeah, because, yeah. Well, look, <clears throat> I don't. I think if there was evidence that Bill Gates was into something more nefarious, we would start to learn about it, right? Like through that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. She's still alive. Epstein is dead, but like, yeah. I, and there's so many people. It's hard to keep conspiracies locked up, you know. It's hard, but there's so many powerful, so people. many powerful people involved in this. It's like shit, you know. Uh, yeah, the the little bit that, story. yeah, the little bit that we know now, you know, what we've learned years later after seeing this guy in like footage from the '90s when Donald Trump still had some of his original hair. And, you know, when Bill Clinton was still the president, you know, during those days, seeing them all hobnobbing together and then finding out in current day that, you know, he's a a sex trafficker. Yeah. It may be another decade before we find out, you know, exactly how serious this is. That's true. Um, (laughs) I would say the divorce is not going to help that process if or I mean. I would say the, the the divorce will help that process if it's um, the case. It's not going to help Gates <laughs> yeah. because shit will come out in court unless they get like things locked tight in a way that is, you know, really strong non-disclosure agreements, everything like that. Mm, I have a hard time believing it'll stay hidden. I mean, after this divorce is over, you could basically call Bill Gates disgraced. You know, it's yeah, it's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing, you know, just for the world at large. Um, Yeah, they're going to continue running the foundation together, though. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, you know, something else happens. But we'll see. Yeah. I mean, who wants to work with your ex? We just discussed it. That that. Yes. But I'm talking specifically who wants to work with your ex if he's associating with. Right. Child traffickers and shit like that, you know. Uh, Agreed. Damn, Bill Gates. Um, what the fuck? So another story in the news is Seth Rogen um, has been going around. He's promoting. He has a uh, memoir book. He has a book coming out. I know yeah. it's, it's part memoir at least. And he's also promoting House Plant, which as you guys know, is like his weed company. They do both plants and house stuff. So like ashtrays and things like that. I love the ashtray set that they have, but it's way too expensive. I'm never going to end up buying it. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, so Seth Rogen has been doing a lot of press because of this. Yeah. And he was asked about his relationship, working relationship with James Franco, which in the past he has defended. And the New York Times asked uh, Rogan, like, uh, you know, was this um, was was his relationship with James Franco professional relationship, personal, everything like that? Was it was it like ended intentionally? And um, Rogan responded to this. He said, no, it's not a coincidence. Mm. I don't know if I can define excuse me, our personal relationship right now during this interview. But I can say, um, you know, it has changed many things in our relationship and our dynamic. So, so he's saying like, he's, I mean, he's not going to work with him. Like is what Seth Rogen has been saying. Uh, Previously, I think he was saying, no, I'll still work with James Franco and everything like that. I did see, and I don't know if it's in this article, but he was basically saying it kind of ruined their friendship, too. Yeah. Because it sounds like Seth Rogen was very much stepping up and and calling James Franco out, and it kind of destroyed their relationship. Mm-hmm. At least, there, um, I don't know. There are certain things, like, you know, um, you can kind of see the career path, uh, you know, in, in the past several years of, of Seth Rogen maturing out of that stage of his life of, of just being 
uh, a stoner and, you know, that, that yeah. sophomore humor and stuff like that. Not to say that he's still not, like, you know, doing that sort of thing, but behind the scenes you can see he's kind of trying to, to get involved in a little bit more of the production aspect of uh, what goes on. Uh, for instance, right. he was he was a, a big proponent, and uh, he was one of the main reasons why uh, the series Preacher uh, got produced. Yeah. Because he was so passionate yeah. about that comic book. He's like, this has got to be made into a TV show. He got that done. Um, yeah. I think he was involved in The Boys as well. I could be wrong. Yes, he is an executive producer of The Boys. Um, he was discussing that on Dak Shepard's podcast in okay. more detail. And I guess it's apparently the most successful thing that they've made. Wow. Him and his writing partner, you know, made that together. Yeah. And yeah. it's massive. So he's getting it done. I don't know how involved he is in Invincible, but I know he at least has a has a voice cameo on there. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that one's just, uh, you know, playing a character. Just I don't think he's in. I don't know. He's involved in so many things, though. It's hard to keep track. It is. It is. But speaking of, of keeping track, uh, uh, um, uh, another article from AV Club uh, was published today that mentioned that uh, one, a, a party that usually is involved in a lot of the projects that he works on, uh, comedian Charlene Yee, she actually is taking him the task as well, saying, you know, she appreciates that he is um, standing up and agreeing that he doesn't need to work with James Franco again. But she's also pointing out that there are still projects that are in the works that they're both listed as producer and executive producer on. Right. So she'd like to see that rectified. She says that. Uh, I don't know how a, you do that. Like legally, I don't know how you do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the I get the the feeling behind what she's trying to accomplish here. Right. But she basically has a, a checklist that they're saying for Seth Rogen to make good after citing quote-unquote, with James Franco. Um, like, for instance, that new, uh, that, that upcoming series on Hulu, Pam and Tommy. They're both yeah. on the production team of that. But that we don't know. Good, by the way. Yeah, it does look entertaining. But we don't know how long that's been in production, you know. Right. So. And you can't really take away, like, I think because of, um, what's it called? Uh unions like i don't think you can take away the credits and rights like that you could just yeah. basically not have them working on it but i think he's still going to get a producer credit still going to get paid for it like i don't think you can legally take that away from him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know i'm just kind of glossing over this here so one uh one paragraph in the av club article says the question came a month after charlene Yee called out rogan for continuing to work with franco she alleged that Rogan bribed her with a bigger role and heftier paycheck after she threatened to quit their 2017 film, The Disaster Artist, over the first wave of sexual misconduct allegations against Franco. Mm -hmm. Following the Sunday Times interview, Rogan's first time publicly addressing these accusations, Yee took to Instagram to voice her disappointment with Rogan, absolving himself from blame. She also shared screenshots of Rogan and Franco being listed as on IMDb as producers for the upcoming Hulu series that we just mentioned. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it is. It's um, basically she's asking him to double down on uh, what he's trying to accomplish here by hiring survivors of sexual assault, protecting survivors, and so on. Right. So I could I could see where her mind is with that definitely. Um, and yeah, there's there's still work to be done. Obviously, him just saying he's moving on, there's got to be proof in the pudding that he's actually working on uh, making amends. And True. this is this is something where you know you can kind of look at his his past. Like when he announced his weed company, one of the first things, and I don't think we talked about this on the show. We were both excited about it. We're like, this is so cool, James Franco, or not James Franco, Jesus, Seth Rogen knows weed. He is an expert right. in the field, and uh, I can't wait to see what he does because he's got some interesting ideas about this new company. And one of the first things I said to you was, okay, that's great, but the weed industry is a little lopsided right now. Right. By little, I mean very. There are tons of white people running the weed industry in this country, and there's a ton of black people locked up for it. And so 
something that Houseplant is doing is they're actually um, using that information, working on rectifying that from within. And they put out a statement about it. It was very well put. Um, yeah, when they launched. Yeah, al- almost immediately. Like, look, this is this is what we're hearing about. This is what we want to address. So if he takes that same energy that he did with with Houseplant and puts it towards you know what's going on in the in the media right now uh, with this James Franco situation, I, I believe he will do his best to make right. Yeah, I agree. I think he's navigating things really well. Um, and showing that maturity, I would recommend listening to him on Conan. That was fun. But like him on Dax Shepard, they actually get in an argument on that. And it was very interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it was respectful, but like Seth Rogen was very much pushing back against Dax. Um, I think in a way that was fully recognizing privilege, uh, in a good way. Yeah. So I recommend listening to that one. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to check it out. There's so many good podcasts out there now. I mean, yeah. we're deep enough in our episode now where we can talk about the competition a little bit. So, yeah, Dax Shepard is, is a good listen, of course. Uh, Conan, when he has a good guest on there, is always a good listen. Yeah, I'm selective with both of those. I want to listen to certain guests. Yeah, it's it's just funny that Seth Rogen dropped on both of their shows. I know he's doing like a press tour right now, but usually it seems like they, they kind of parse those out a little bit better. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, Dave Chappelle started a new podcast this week called uh, The Midnight oh. Hour, and it is unique in a way that it, it's, it's produced by not only uh, and, and featuring not only him, but um, Yasin Bey, who used to go by Most Def, uh, the, the rap artist, and then uh, Talib Kweli, who we've discussed before as well, another rap artist. And it, it, it's got the feel of those snippets of conversation that you see after stand-up specials when they're all in the green room and just kind of talking about the industry and talking about their lives a little bit. But it's just really loose right. and, and really open. But they're still kind of on from, you know just doing a show it's it's got that same vibe to it and right i think that really that that's something that hasn't been captured on one of these podcasts before and so i think it's really worth checking out that's interesting to find like a thing that hasn't been captured on a podcast i know because <laughs> there's so many of them everybody yeah, i'll definitely one. check that out yeah yeah i'm sorry it's not midnight hour it's midnight miracle Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'll look it up. I'm sure you can just switch Dave Chappelle too. Oh yeah, it. it's it's kind of big. Him having his own podcast. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it'll it'll Definitely. be once you open up the Apple Podcast app, it'll be recommended to you, no matter who you are. Right. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, what else are you listening to lately? Anything? Uh, any other new shows? Kind of catching your fancy? No, not really. Just listening to kind of the same shows. Yeah. There's enough out there. There's definitely enough out there. Um, there's one that I want to start digging into. I really haven't given it much time yet, so don't blame me if it's trash, guys. Uh, there is a podcast. Uh, it's, a, it's a Muppet Show watch along called oh. Muppet Sational, and they're going through all the episodes of the Muppet Show. That's cool. And, uh, it's it's got three very British people. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Ravens. It's got three very wonderfully British people hosting. Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, it's a good listen, but I haven't really dug too deeply into it yet. So stay tuned. Yeah, I, I, that's interesting. I want to hear about that. I want to get on there and shoot, you know, talk some Muppets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, back to so, the show at hand. Yes. <laughs> so I get the trailer for Venom, the new Venom movie drops. I, I watched it. I didn't even watch the first Venom movie, yeah. so I'm not super interested in this. But like, I I know that's a thing that you and other listeners might might be interested in. Yeah, I I'm <laughs> I'm very I'm cautiously optimistic about it because my bar was so low with that first Venom movie. At the time it was announced, you know, this was Sony before they had. The, the kumbaya moment with Marvel Studios and Venom was just kind of off doing its own thing. Right. 
you know, it was one of those movies where it's like, they're never going to make this. It's never going to see the light of day. Venom without Spider-Man. And it got done. And it had Tom Hardy. And it was kind of funny and romantic in a weird way. So it worked. It was surprisingly well done. This one, this one's got a lot to live up to. Because that first one, it was like, yeah, your bar is so low. It would have to work hard to make you hate the movie. Right. This one, it's like, all right, the first one was good. Now what do you got? And it's a PG-13 movie featuring a villain who is a serial killer. Right. Who has knives that grow out of their body. Was the first one PG-13? <laughs> yes, it was. Okay, yes, it was. Gotcha. But, you know, he's fighting other symbiotes and stuff right. like that. And, you know, there's a lot of action and whatnot, but nobody really, like, bit it hardcore on screen. There was no gore. But right. part of Carnage's appeal is the gore. So I I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. The trailer was funny enough. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope it, I hope it turns out really good for everyone that's interested in it. I just don't, I don't <laughs> care about Venom that much. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel you. I hope so, too. Um, Tom Hardy's a weird cat, man. Like, yeah, he is. I, I don't know if you realize this. He also voiced the symbiote. I thought it was another voice actor altogether. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, he's he's deep in it, man. He wants to be. Top I mean, that to makes bottom. sense though. Like he's he's one of those actors. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll never know how Tom Hardy really sounds. We'll never know his true voice because it's always something different from him. <laughs> yeah, he's but one, one of those thing, method boys. Right, but one thing this movie does have going for it, uh, at least from an action standpoint, uh, Andy Serkis is directing it, and. If there's anybody who knows motion capture, it's Andy Serkis. Yeah, that's a good point. You know? True. So, we'll see. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, okay, so, yeah. you did you want to talk about this Golden Globes? Because I haven't really looked into it, honestly. Okay, so this comes from Deadline. Um, the Golden Globes has been popping up in the news quite a bit over these past couple of weeks. Uh, the headline reads, Golden Globes 2022 canceled on NBC as the Hollywood Foreign right. Press Association struggles to reform Hollywood stipulations. Now, um, you may have heard, and the listeners may have heard as well, that uh, in the past couple of weeks, um, there has been a leak within the Hollywood Foreign Press. Uh, emails have gotten out where they refer to the Black Lives Matter movement as a racist hate group. So because of that, um, they went out on this year's Golden Globes and they made a statement about, you know, trying to uh, bring together the country through movies or some bullshit like that and really looking inside and trying to figure out a way to raise awareness for people who are, being affected by racism. And okay. one of those, one problem with that though, there are no black people on their board at all. Yikes. You got to work hard to make that happen in 2021. So anyway, in the interim, uh, Netflix and Amazon have stated that they will not be participating in the, in the golden globes in any way whatsoever. And then, okay. of course, we get this story uh, yesterday stating that NBC uh, wants the Golden Globes to go on timeout and figure out what the hell they're going to do to fix this problem. So the uh, I mean, that might not be a bad idea. No, you know, and it, it was so funny. I was watching an interview with Matt Damon earlier today uh, and they asked him about that. And, <laughs> you know, he, he basically said. You know, I'm not going to feel bad about an award show going away. Like, yeah, of all the things to feel bad about in this world right now, the Golden Globes taking a year off is not the worst thing ever. Yeah, that's not an actual problem. Right, right, right. So this is just, um, you know, from from the standpoint of people who are, are fans of, of award shows and really look at this sort of thing to see where the, uh, the, the bigger awards are going to go. The Emmys and the Grammys, not Grammys, the Emmys and the Oscars. This, uh, the Golden Globes is usually an indicator of what's going to yes. be big. 
and now we won't have that. So right. be- it's also an indicator that the entirety of film is changing. Like it's a it's a big moment. Yeah. I think. Um, another part of the story uh, that's come out is that Tom Cruise has returned all three of his Golden Globes in protest. Oh, okay. He, he won a Golden Globe in 1990 for Born on the Fourth of July. Um, yeah. yeah, he he delivered them back to the HFPA. Uh, yeah, so he's he's definitely got his a publicity team working hard to to bring up his image. Oh, for right sure. Now. 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> My Interesting. Goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good to see Hollywood put their money where their mouth is with this. Yeah. Agreed. I hope it makes actual changes. Yeah. Same. Yep. 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 So, some other little tidbits. I see that uh, Ed Norton and Dave Bautista have been uh, cast in the sequel to Knives Out. I did not realize they're actually making a sequel, so that's interesting. They're making two sequels. Oh, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Was so, this planned from the start, or are they just doing this now? When the first one did so well, they greenlit two sequels immediately. That's how well gotcha. that movie outperformed yep. expectations. Um, something else, Regina King is going to direct uh, Bitter Root based on the Image comic by David Walker. Okay, I don't so know that, that. So Bitterroot is, um, you know how I was trying to get everybody to read uh, Iron Man, uh, Iron Fist and Power Man yes. a couple years ago? Yeah. So the team behind that, Sanford Green and David S. F. Walker, uh, they went over to Image and they made their own book called Bitterroot after oh, okay. Iron Fist and Power Man was canceled. So that book has been doing extremely well. Um, oh, good for know, them. Yeah, yeah. So Regina King is gonna direct that. So that's a that's a good pull. It's a good it's a good pull for them. I'd be interested in that. Yeah. She seems like a good director. Mhm. I haven't seen her movie. Um, if Beale Street could talk yet, I want to check that out. Yeah, I do too. Uh, yeah. The article calls her Raina King. We're gonna. What? We're gonna forgive that this one time. She's so okay. They like, always she's do this so to famous. Her. Like, why is it? Never mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to give you a taste of what the story is about, it's set during the Harlem Renaissance of 1924, when a fractured family of once great monster hunters faces an unimaginable evil that descends upon New York City. Oh, I like that concept. Yeah. Watch. Read that. I mean, now's the time, especially with, uh, you know, it's kind of got that, that Lovecraft country vibe to it. and Right. You know, this is it. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Good for them. So, um, yeah. Watch any interesting TV lately? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I've been in finals and stuff, so I'm just. Yeah. Trying. Yeah. You kind of has your head in that game for a minute. Um, I know I talked a little bit about Jupiter Ascending to you, and initially, I was getting a good vibe from it. I said it was very entertaining. It it felt a lot like Cloud Atlas. Well, it shared something else in common with Cloud Atlas, unfortunately. It's too damn long. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know if if it's like the curse of superhero shows on Netflix or what, but it feels like this eight-episode first season could have been four solid episodes of action, of story, and they could have called it after that. But nope, eight episodes felt just way too bloated. I was worried about that. That's why I wasn't really watching it, because yeah. that's, that's happened with a couple of shows now on Netflix. Like My suggestion right now, after watching all eight, would be to wait until the second season See if that's getting good reviews, and then consider revisiting it at that point. Because right yeah. now, it just it feels like a, a time suck. You know, it's nothing we haven't seen before. It's basically using superheroes as uh, an allegory uh, about too much power mm-hmm. and the responsibility therein. They even they even drop that line on the show. It's not related to Marvel at all. <laughs> the, the the power and responsibility right. line. Like what? Are you right, doing? right, right. That's 
little on the nose there, people. Anyway. Oh, they know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. All right. Well, that's yeah. all the news I got. All the bits and pieces. Yep, that's pretty much all news on my front too. So. Word. Okay. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, like we said, um, we're gonna have a show this week. We're gonna have a live show this week. Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. Visit Shy Nerd Fest on Instagram. Visit our Instagram. We got the link there in our bio as well. It'll take you to a site called Sketch. And on that site, it will take you to a Zoom link, which you can use to view our live show. It's a lot of fun, and I think you're going to like it. And I think you're going to like all the other stuff that Shy Nerd Fest has going on this year as well. You know, I used to be on the organizer board for them. I miss them dearly. But they've done a fine job without me, and I look forward to seeing it myself, too. So it should be a hoot and a holler. As the yeah, it's in our it's in our bio link on our Instagram at Lex and Matt. Right on. Our show, and then you can look into the rest of the show on there as well. That's yeah. right. That's right. But we're on first. Yes, Aha. we are. We're, we're... <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Speaking of at Lex and Matt, that's what we are across all social media except TikTok, because somebody decided to get married. I don't know. And now we're at Lex and Matt Pod on TikTok, if you're doing the TikTok thing. <laughs> we we haven't posted anything yet, but that is us. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so get ready. There, there'll be stuff. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Eventually. Right on, right on, right on. All right, well, that's it. That's it. You're going to get more of us later this week anyway. I'm Matt Peters. Hello. And I'm Lex Lutz. Oh, there she is. Okay. Be uh, excellent to each other. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>